You're listening to the Audacious Church Podcast. This message was recorded live at our Chester campus. We know this is a great investment into your life. So tune in, listen up and stay focused. For any more information, visit us online, audaciouschurch.com. We give you all the praise, God. We lift you high in Jesus' mighty name. Amen. Can we give God some praise right now? Thank you, Lord. Church, I'm expecting for this morning, I've got a word that is literally burning on the inside of my heart. And this series, The Pathway, has been incredible. You know, we started off learning that the start of the race, the starting line, not the finish line, the starting line is a revelation in stepping into salvation. That is the starting point of us as Christians. Some people think that that's the end goal, that we're going we're gonna to work, we're going to try and please God so that we gain salvation. And if we just do enough, then we might get to the end goal of salvation. Well, no, we learned that salvation is the start, that it is ready and it is available for everyone. All you have to do is accept Jesus into your life. Salvation is the starting point. And then we learned that the next step down the pathway is finding freedom. And I really, I don't know if you sensed it in worship today, there was a fresh freedom in the room. And I really believe that's because of the message that Pastor Lisandri brought to us last week. It's created a way for us as a church, as individuals to step into fresh freedom. I just feel it over the church today. I feel it that in that response where bondage and chains were taken away from us, we were able to come into this place and we are able to praise and worship in a fresh freedom. And that's just started, church. That has just started. And today, we're looking at the next step. We're looking at the next thing that God is hidden for us. So we've found found our salvation. We've had a revelation. Finding freedom. We're going to look at what else God is hidden for us. And um, before we get into it, I want to chuck some photos on the screen. And I want you to shout out what this is. A sit-down lawnmower, very specific. Can we get the next one? Ooh, there's a, there's a mix of language choices there. Can opener, tin opener. You can tell who's from the south over here, saying cutlery. The northern's over here, knife and fork. <laughs> we all know what these purposes are, don't we? It's instant. Like, as soon as we see it, we're like, that's a knife and fork, that's a lawnmower. That's a tin opener. You see, we're very good at noticing purpose over objects. There are things that we use in our everyday that we just know what they're purposed for. You see, we're very clever as humans. We're able to invent things. Like, thank God that we were able to invent things to make life easier. We weren't just eating with our hands all the time, trying to rip open tin op- tins, you know, walking around with scissors, cutting the blades of grass. There might be a few people that like to do their edges to keep it nice and neat. But if we're able to invent things, right, if we're able to see a lack or see a purpose and fill that with an invention, how much more thought did God put into you as his child when he created you? How much more thought did he put into you? He is far greater than any human mind. And what is amazing, we weren't made out of a lack or as a solution. We were created out of his image, God created you. He breathed life into your lungs. He gave you purpose when He breathed life into you. 
Where there is breath in your lungs, there is purpose. God has purpose for you. It says in Genesis 1:27, so God created mankind in His image, not as a solution, not as a fix or out of lack. He created us out of His own image. Then it says in Genesis 2:7 that the Lord God formed man from dust of the ground. He breathed into his nostrils the breath of life. The man became a living Now we know that in the garden that when Adam was born, he was instantly given work. He was instantly given time and purpose to care over all living things. The first thing God said to him was name everything. Here is your purpose. Life and purpose exist at the same time. They come into existence at the same time. It says in Jeremiah, before I formed you in the womb, I knew you. Before you were born, I set you apart. I anointed you as a prophet to the nations. Jeremiah 29, 11, For I know the plans I have for you, declares the Lord. Plans to prosper you, not to harm you. Come on, anyone receiving that word today? God has got plans to prosper you. Plans to give you a hope and a future. So God, right now, I pray that as we speak today, as we learn about purpose, God, that you will undo cages over our hearts, God. God, that you'll remove the blinkers that life has restricted us with, God. God, I pray that we will stand on the shoulders of the freedom that was preached in this room last week. God, and that people will step into purpose, that people will rediscover purpose in their families, in their work, in their relationships, in their marriages, God. God, I pray that you will remove the scale that life has formed over our eyes. God, you will throw them to the wayside. And as a church, we will step into a new purpose together. In Jesus' mighty name, amen. If you're anything like me, you have questioned purpose in your life more times than you can count. I think we've all searched for purpose in nearly every place that we could, right? Honest people in the room, I've looked for purpose in jobs. I've looked for purpose in belongings. I've looked for purpose in friendships, in family, in relationships. I've looked for for my purpose as Josh Hall um, without Christ. And I've looked for it with Christ. We have all experienced the weight of lacking purpose. You see, as Christians, we like to overcomplicate this word purpose. We like to think that it's all leaning on one thing. There's one thing that I've got to do on my time here on earth. This one, we narrow our view. We narrow it. We get too specific about what we're believing for, what we're looking for, and we miss that purpose is all around us. That God wants us to live with no limitations. We all want to know what purpose is. We've all asked that question, God, what is it? Why am I here? Why is there breath in my lungs? Why is there purpose in every step that I do? What is it that you want me to get out of today? You see, today's message is called discover purpose. Discover purpose. The word discover means that it creates the imagery of like something being hidden, something for us to find, that God has hidden treasure for us to find. I love that word, discover. And purpose means the reason for which something is done, created, for which something exists. We can, I said it before, we can get so fixated on that one thing, one thing. God wants us to live We have a full view of life, seeing purpose in all things that we do. There isn't just one thing we're purposed for. As a youth pastor, my purpose isn't to preach. My purpose 
is to get in my Bible every morning to pray and believe for our young people. My purpose is, is in the responsibilities of catching up with you guys in the week and texting you and finding out who you are. It's Sunday church, it's Wednesday meetings. My purpose is in everything that I do as a youth pastor. It's not just the tip of the iceberg that people see and the preaching on a Sunday morning. My purpose is in far of many other things. And it's the same for you. Your purpose is, is like a tapestry woven throughout your life. You will find purpose in all things. Purpose is all around you. It says in Proverbs that in our hearts as humans, that we plan our course, but the Lord establishes the steps. A person, I'm gonna read a couple of translations. A person's heart plans his way, but the Lord makes his steps secure. I love that word secure. People plan their path, but the Lord secures their steps. God wants you to dream. He wants you to imagine the things that you can do with Him and for Him. And He wants you to trust Him that He will make each step firm, that He will secure the way for you. There is purpose in all things that you do. Sometimes we can't see it. Sometimes we can't find it. But God wants us to go to Him to rediscover purpose in our lives. And today we're going to look at a story in Acts. And I absolutely love this. It's all about Saul's conversion. And the reason we're looking at this scripture today, this a part of the story is because we can clearly see a pathway. We can see a pathway from knowing God, from finding God, finding freedom, and then discovering purpose. All in a few verses, we can see these three pathways happening. So we're gonna throw it up on the screen. If you've got your Bibles, analog Bibles, paper, I encourage you, read it from there. Analog is good, but we like paper, as Kylie said on Friday night. Acts 9, meanwhile, Saul was still breathing out murderous threats against the Lord's disciples. Do you like the word still? It shows that he was still in something. He's moving into something else. He went to the high priest and asked him for letters for the synagogues of Damascus so that when he found any there who belonged to the way, that word way, path, it shows of a direction, find anyone of the way, whether man or woman, that he may take them as prisoners to Jerusalem. As he neared Damascus on his journey, suddenly, I love it when the Bible says suddenly, suddenly a light from heaven flashed around him. He fell to the ground and he heard a voice say to him, Saul, Saul, why do you prosecute me? Who are you, Lord? Saul asked. See, he recognises him as Lord straight away. He almost didn't need to ask, but he felt that he could ask the question. I am Jesus, whom you are persecuting, he replied. Now get up and go to the city and you will be told what you must do. The men traveling with Saul stood speechless. I think I'd be standing speechless as well. They heard the sound, but they didn't see anyone. That's almost weirder than seeing Jesus himself, like just the sound of it, but not being able to get the full picture. Saul got up from the ground, but when he opened his eyes, he could see nothing. So they led him by hand into Damascus. For three days, he was blind. He did not eat or drink anything. See, our purpose, church, as Christians, comes out of who we are, not what we do. You see, God could see something in and on Saul 
that was greater than him persecuting his church. You see, you could see the, the character or the, the things that he needed to build his church. He just knew that he was aiming his strengths in the wrong direction. So God doesn't necessarily look at what you do. He looks at who you are. The first step of discovering purpose is discovering that God cares about who you are. Your purpose comes from who you are. What you do comes out of that. Who knows that our strengths in the wrong direction can become our biggest weakness? The things that actually are our God-given talents, if we use them wrong, are the things that are gonna chop our legs off and gonna stop us from getting anywhere. This is what was happening with Saul. The boldness, the... um, What's that song we used to sing? Zeal. His zeal for Jesus and for a cause used in the right direction, you know, the zeal for prosecuting used in the right direction would be the zeal that God would build His church on and spread the gospel throughout the nations. God wants to take your weaknesses. God wants to take the things that you see as a weakness but are actually a gift and He wants to redirect them and he wants to turn them into your greatest strength. That is a word for someone today. You feel like you are weak. You feel like the things you're trying to do are chopping you at the leg. They're stopping you from stepping forward. Go to God. He wants to show you how to redirect, repurpose and use them for his kingdom. Use them for his strength. God wants you to know and to discover your purpose. So I've got three ingredients that I want to share with you that you can do to discover purpose. Know God, grow and go. Know, grow, go. Know, grow, go. Say it with me. Know, grow, go. One more. That's it, that'll be in your brains now. You'll wake up tomorrow morning, no, grow, go. The first point is no God. Really easy. Sounds simple, no God. This is the first mile, the first stepping stone to discovering and living in purpose is no God, no Jesus, no the Holy Spirit. Commit yourself to knowing God, not just knowing God through Pastor Lee or Pastor Lisandri or through a preacher on stage or through a podcast that you listen to or your favourite preacher online. Know God for yourself. God doesn't just speak to us because we're stood here on a stage. God speaks to you. God wants a relationship with you. Don't lean on our revelation. Catch a revelation for yourself. God wants to know you intimately. He wants to help you discover your purpose. Because what you've got to remember is God created you for purpose. He breathed it into your lungs along with life. He wants to see you discover purpose. Nothing makes his heart happier than when you discover purpose. Know God for yourself. Jesus wants a relationship with Matt Dugdale. Jesus wants a relationship with Claire. Jesus wants a relationship with everyone in this church, in this city, in this nation, on this planet. Know God for yourself. You can get to know God by opening up the Bible, by opening your word, by 
taking some time in the morning, committing time just to, to read, because I guarantee every time you'll learn something new, even if it takes two days for it to sink in, and then you catch the revelation. Every time you read the Word, you will learn something. Prayer, conversation, know God through prayer. You see, I had a real revelation moment of um, devotional time and not just using devotional time to catch up on a Bible plan or catch up on a reading plan, but just to sit there and say, God, reveal your face to me. See, God doesn't want you to read a Bible plan. God doesn't want you just to read a devotional book. God wants to spend time with you. He wants to know you and He wants you to know Him. Have conversation with Him. And in your conversation, ask questions. You see, in Luke, it says, I say to you, ask and it will be given to you. Seek and you will find. Knock and the door will be opened to you. That is a promise from God. Ask me a question, I'll answer it. No matter how hard, how scary you may think it is, it's nothing to me. Ask me and I'll show you. Instantly, we see with Paul, Saul in this, the first thing he says to Jesus is a question. He was, he was safe just to ask a question. Who are you, Lord? It was the first thing he did. Who are you, Lord? If that's the first question you have to ask, I encourage you to ask it. Ask God to, to know Him more. Ask God to make you more like Jesus. Ask God to show you the work you should be doing. Ask God how to help others. Ask God where you should serve. And then trust that He will show you through His Word, through your devotion, through your acts of service, what your purpose is. Discover purpose, know God. The second point is grow. That's it, grow. For seed to grow, first it has to be. For faith to grow, it also needs to be planted. Planted in commitment to know God. Planted in the Word of God. Planted in the right environment. Planted with the right people. When your faith is planted, you will discover purpose and the result is you will grow. See, we see it for three days, three days, Paul, Saul, didn't eat anything. He didn't drink anything. He couldn't see anything. For three days, God took away his physical sight to show him something in the spiritual that would grow a seed of faith that he would build his church on. You see, I want to encourage you, you don't have to see where you're going for God to use you. You may feel blind right now. You may feel that there are scales on your eyes, but God is going to use you. He wants you to discover purpose. You don't have to see where you're going. Abby, it's been a season of we've not been able to see where we're going. But what we've done is we've waited and we've trusted God. This is what Saul was doing. He sat there blind, hungry, thirsty. He just had this crazy image of Jesus stop him on a street. What did he do? He sat, he waited. You don't need to see where you're going. God will speak to you. Catch this, while Saul was waiting in Damascus, Damascus, there was a disciple called Ananias. The Lord called to him a vision. The Lord told him, go to the house of Judas on the straight street and ask him for a man from Tarius called Saul, for he is praying in the waiting he prayed. In a vision, he has seen a man called Ananias come to him and place his hands on him to restore his sight. See, we're blind, 
But when we're positioned, when we're planted in the right environment, with the right people, in the right place, God will use the disciples, our brothers and sisters around us to come to our need, to come to remove the scales of our eyes, to restore something, to bring life to something that we once thought was dead. God wants to use the people around you to help you discover purpose. Be planted, grow. God wants to use the people around you. You don't need to see for God to help you discover purpose. Third point, do you remember? That's it, go. Immediately, immediately Saul preached. He preached Christ in the synagogues that Jesus is the Son of God. Now these synagogues, four days ago, three days ago, he was Saul the prosecutor. Three days later, he turns up is Saul, the prophet, the disciple, the apostle, the man of God. How many of us would be completely shocked if when we walk out of this service, that family member, that friend, that person that God is burdened on your heart to pray for, turns up and starts preaching in the car park? I would be shot this person that has been putting Christians in jail, that has been killing people, been trying to stop the way, the path from coming out and Yahweh speaking His Word and Jesus bringing life and life to the full to people, now turns up and starts preaching the opposite of how everyone knew Him. That takes guts. To be known as something and then to walk into the same environment and act completely in the opposite way. How many of our purposes are limited because we don't feel that we have the boldness or the courage to actually be in our workplace who we know God has called us to be? On a Sunday morning, on a Sunday afternoon, we're, yes, I've got purpose in my job. Guess to Monday morning, nope. That's scary. But they know me as this but I'm this person in their mind. I don't have the courage to be someone new. There is courage in your purpose. God has a courage for you. See, our purpose in action looks like helping people. It looks like serving the people around us. It looks like making disciples. When Jesus left to go back to heaven, what was the instruction He gave us? Go forth, make disciples of all nations, baptising them in the Name of the Father, the Son and the Holy Spirit, teaching them to obey everything I have commanded you. And surely I am with you to the end of every age. Our purpose is making disciples. Our God-given purpose is to make disciples, to use the, the way that we know God through knowing Him and to show that to someone else. Not to show it them so they lean on our knowing, but to show them so that they can get their own knowing of God. So that they can see in our lives what it looks like to be planted in church, to be planted in the right environment, to be planted in God, to be planted in the right relationships. God wants you to use what He's given you to show someone else. But don't let them tether to you, tether them to Jesus. So many leaders in the church want people to be tethered to them. They wanna be the one that stands on the stage and says, I'm the one that hears from God, follow me. No, God wants you to hear for yourself. Question, take the questions, ask Him yourself. If He can speak to me, 
And seriously, if you saw where I was 10 years ago, you wouldn't think that you'd be able to speak to me. If He can speak to me, He can speak to you. God wants to know you. And God in our purpose wants us to go and serve your family. He wants you to go and serve your church. He wants you to go and serve your work. It says, just as the Son of Man did not come to be served, but to serve and to, to give His life is a ransom for many. We should model this, go and serve. Your purpose is to serve. Don't hold back, don't let fear, don't let intimidation get in your way. It's easy to say, right? Don't take this as a, I've got my three ingredients, now I'm gonna go and discover purpose. It's gonna be easy, I can wake up tomorrow morning and I'll just step straight into it. That's what Pastor Josh says. No, there, there is opposition, there are fears, there are things that are trying to hold you back, like intimidation of being the God, person that God's called you to in your workplace. It says in Proverbs, fear and intimidation are a trap that hold you back but when you place your confidence in the Lord, you will be seated in the high place. God wants you to put your confidence in Him. What people say can hold you back. What, what the past, what your experience, what life screams, what the world screams, what your past screams will hold you back. But what the Lord says, what the Lord screams will set you free. What the Lord says, what the Lord screams will push you into purpose, not only for yourself, but for your family, for your friends, for this church, for your workplace, for this city. God is about to grow this church supernaturally. We are not gonna be able to fit in this building. And this is going to come out of us all knowing God, us all growing and being planted and us all taking what we've learned and going and making disciples and serving our families, serving our friends. Church, do not let fear hold you back. Don't let fear be what stops you being who God has called you to be. How sad would it be to get to heaven and see what could have been and to say, I let fear stand in my way. Do not let the enemy have a grip. There is no room for fear with what God has got purposed on your life. Discover purpose, rediscover purpose. Those of you that are in a marriage and you can no longer see the purpose, you've got scales over your eyes. There is gonna be a moment of freedom that God is gonna remove that. Like Ananias, God has sent me here today to remove the scales from people's eyes, to set people free, to set people into purpose. There's too much resting on this. There's too much resting on you not taking the risk. I saw a thing on Instagram the other day. Thank you, Instagram, for preaching to me. But I saw it and it said that behind our risk is someone else's salvation. Behind our risk, behind us daring to step out is a whole cohort of family, of friends that are waiting to meet Jesus. Matt said it this morning, there are prodigals waiting to discover this place. But they're waiting for you to discover purpose as well. God wants to know you, He wants to use you. There is too much weight on this for us not to be motivated to wake up at six in the morning and say, God, reveal your face to me. I was reading Joel the other day and it says that when they, when, when they lost everything, when they had no offering, when they had no um, drink offerings to give, they put sackcloth on and they cried and they wept 
and they cried out to God because they saw that the, the offering represented relationship. They had lost their relationship with God without anything to give, without anything to offer in the Old Covenant. God has now created a way for everybody to be in relationship with Him. We need to get a new burden for the lost. We need to get a new burden for the prodigals and we need to be okay with stepping out, stepping into new purpose and sharing what God has done in our lives with them. Thank you for listening to this Audacious podcast. For any more information, visit us online, audaciouschurch.com. We'd love for you to join us at one of our campuses, Manchester, Chester, or online every Sunday, 10 a.m. and 12 p.m.